Great to have you. So we have a great program tonight. I am actually joined in studio by one of our dear friends, Olivier Melnick, is here with me, and we're going to talk about what is coming next. And uh, uh, this is this is uh, this is great. I'm watching myself live and watching my total foul up with y'all. So this is absolutely hilarious. But it's great having you guys here with me. And uh, praise the Lord, we're all allowed to make mistakes. So we're going to talk about what's coming next. Now we're watching what's going on in Israel. There's a lot of give and take. Um, some people say Israel's on the verge of war. Some people say not quite yet. I have my own opinion on that. Maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to take your questions. Uh, we're watching the whole geopolitical alignment change. We're watching what appears to be the collapse of the Abraham Accords at the same time. And, and without Trump in the mix, these other nations are saying, we're not so sure we want anything to do with this. We're watching Israel. Looks like Israel's uh, about ready to be completely alone. Uh, the United States just goes back and forth. And then we're watching the insanity here in the United States, which I really don't want to get into with, with all of the, uh, uh, the, you know, boy, girl, girl, boy, all of this just stuff that is completely insane. Can't help but think of Romans chapter 1, professing to be wise. God says, I'll show them to be fools. Uh, but we're going to have a great program tonight. We're going to be talking about Israel. We're going to be talking a little bit about persecution of the church, what is being stepped up against those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to get to that in just a few more minutes, but we're going to start off now uh, with the Jews and with our friend Olivier Melnick. And before I forget, uh, next Sunday night joining me, hopefully here in studio, is going to be Bill Salas. And we're going to be talking about is Antichrist coming out of a revived Western Roman Empire or revived Eastern Roman Empire. So that'll be next Sunday night because we are in Daniel chapter 2. So, Olivier, yes. welcome. Great am to I, have you here. Am I live too? You are live. <laughs> Boy, what a foul up that was. <laughs> that, that's okay. We're all allowed to do those mistakes. Well, uh, it's good to be here because, I mean, I, we do things regularly, but it's always like on the screen. You're home. I'm home in Dallas, in California. And uh, I, like, I, I love being in the studio. So it's it's Great honor to be here. This is cool. You had to fly 1,500 miles to get here, uh, but it works. And uh, we've, we're, uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about. So um, let's start by talking about what is going on with the Jewish people. I do need to get to the persecution of uh, the Christians mm -hmm. because we're watching it increase. I believe, Olivier, that it's the believers in Christ who actually believe the Bible is true mm -hmm. that... Uh, are the ones who support Israel. Um, the, the ones who believe both Old Testament and New Testament are, have relevance. Uh, we're the ones who support Israel. With that, um, I look and think, okay, God's protecting the nation of Israel and protecting the Jewish people through the church, through the genuine believers. Um, we pray for Israel. We, we, we have interviews like this. Mm -hmm. We support the nation of Israel, our Jewish friends. Yes. I have a tour coming up to Israel. By the way, everybody, it will be safe. Uh, um, the safest place I know on the planet happens to be Israel. Yeah. Um, but with that, as we progress forward, we are watching the increase in anti-Semitism. And when you have, you have this new book out, by the way, The Normalization of Anti-Semitism. Uh, excellent book, 
And uh, I'm in it along with, I think, Brandon Holdhouse. Did I get it. you in it? You got me. <laughs> you did get me in it. Uh, you have, let's see who all's in here. You got pretty much everybody that I know. Oh, yeah. Is, the, is the, in it's here. in the back right there. On the, if you want to read their names, they're great. Uh, I, it's in the back? Right here. It's on the back of my book. Oh, it's right there. So David Rakin, uh, Mike Spaulding, Mondo Gonzalez, March Hitch, Hitch, uh, Hitchcock, Todd Hampson, Tommy Ice, Brandon House, Brandon Holdhouse, Andy Woods, Don Perkins, me, William Koenig, Bill Koenig, uh, Billy Crone. So this is great. We're all... Uh, usual suspects. The usual suspects. The, the usual suspects. So I'm going to start off by asking you some questions because I know that's what, see, that's what people really want to hear about. Um, when I look at the nation of Israel, I look at... Uh, you have a section in here on urgency, which I got to get to. I believe we're in a very urgent time. I believe the window is closing. You talk about the rapture um, and uh, what to do right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that, you posed to us four different sets of questions. And I'm going to go through what some of these questions are because I believe that people uh, need to be able to think through this. Uh, here's one question. Uh, first one, do you think the church's relationship with the Jewish people was a factor in the Holocaust? Uh, we all had to answer that, uh, but do you think it was, and then how was it? So you and I did a, um, a documentary mm -hmm. a few years back, yeah, and we talked about that, and you really opened up myself to understanding a lot more uh, about not just the Holocaust, but if you go back through church history. Right. And let's walk a little bit through that, because I think a lot of people, even if they're big supporters of Israel don't understand the church history, right. you can go all the way back to the first century. Absolutely. And let's unpack yeah. some things. So first of all, real quickly, you know, when, when people heard the name that you mentioned, there's a reason for me putting these people in the book, including yourself, Tom, is because I wrote the book as a Jewish believer in, in Yeshua and Jesus, a Messianic Jew uh, on anti-Semitism, which is my area of specialty. But I knew that what I wanted to do was to put uh, uh, Gentile Christians who support Israel, who read their Bible, who understand God's plan for Israel. I wanted, I wanted to put all of you in the book to answer those questions because I wanted the Jewish community to, that, that to be a witness is, oh, wow, there are Christians who actually are not anti-Semitic because of what I'm about to share with you. My people think all Christians are anti-Semitic. Yeah. So I wanted you to be able to answer, and all of you did beautifully. Same questions, the same focus on the answers, but different. And so the first question, yes, I believe, uh, to repeat the question, as the attitude of the church led to uh, uh, or helped, uh, you know, to, to, to get to the point of the Holocaust, yes. I mean, it started early uh, after the, the closing of the biblical canon. Uh, um, the, we, we go into the, the early, the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, and all throughout that time, what started as a uh, theological anti-Judaism, uh, they're different, they're not like us, and there was not, not too, big of, too big of a deal, ended up being a, we have to put the Jews at arm's length, we, can't, we have to separate them, we have to ostracize them, and then eventually, if we don't want to be with them, we have to get rid of them. And so it took a, a long time all the way to the Holocaust, but one thing led to another, and, um, and it was, it was a, a series of misunderstanding and, 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 and the wrong teaching, and it kind of started in the first century A.D. with... The, this thing that developed, that didn't have a name yet theologically, but that started to develop that we know today as replacement theology. The church thinking, some of the key church fathers mm -hmm. that 
names are, are in my other book, End Times Antisemitism, like, you know, like uh, uh, Chrysostom and, and, and uh, uh, Augustine and all those big names that, uh, that have done great things for the church. They've also done a lot of damage to the Jewish community and, in a sense, to the church from the Jewish standpoint because they've, 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 they've created a, a chasm uh, by misunderstanding the Bible and, and taking all the blessings or not taking, thinking they're getting the blessings given by God in the covenants to Israel and saying, we're the new recipient now. So this replacement theology developed over the years and the church has done a lot of damage to the Jews and Jewish people today, they don't really understand that not all Christians believe that. People like you and all the men mm -hmm. who contributed to the book, you don't believe that for a second. You, you, you know what it means to be a Bible-believing Christian. That you, you know, if God loves Israel and I love God, I love Israel. It's that simple. Yeah, it is. We understand God has a covenant with Israel. It's a forever covenant. Forever, and eternal, it's, it, and it, unconditional. It, it's unconditional. And it's, so it's, what, what unconditional means is that it's not based on Israel's performance. Thank God for that, because the Bible shows all of our mistakes, the Jews. Uh, but it's based on God's character. And God is the same yesterday, yeah. today, and forever. Amen. And I want to walk through this just for a minute before we go on with other things. When you look at God's conditional being um, unconditional to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, it's understanding you go all the way back to the book of Genesis. God says, I'm going to give you this land. We look at the land covenant, also the Messiah. We have the Messianic covenant. Uh, so we understand these things. And I've said for years, if... We can't, if we believe in replacement theology, that presents a huge problem for anybody that's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ because that means God's not a promise keeper. That means God can break his covenants. And maybe you replace the way we get saved. Right. And so, yeah, if his, if his covenant with Israel is unconditional in the land, because God says in Ezekiel chapter 36, I'm going to bring you back into the land because, because of my name is on that covenant. It's not because you're perfect. It's not because you're great. In fact, you profaned me where you went. Yeah. Well, if, if, and God says, I'm going to do it. Therefore, we can see this happening. It'll have its fulfillment in the future. I believe the near future. And we, we know the Jewish people are going back to the land right now yeah. in unbelief. That is the one prophecy that we're living through as we speak. They are going yeah. back in the land. I mean, some believe, but for the vast majority of the Jewish people in, in Eretz Israel. They're in unbelief. Yep. They're doing their aliyah right now, uh -huh. uh, making it. We see the nation of Israel growing with Jewish people there, um, it, which is part of the issue when you start looking at the settlements, and you know, which is a whole another political. That's for issue, another program. Are, yeah, we're not going to get into that one tonight because we can see the news and what's going on with these right. different things. Okay, so when we walk through, then we have Martin Luther, um, and then we get into the Holocaust. So I've read a lot of different biographies on the Holocaust. In fact, it was last year, and you can speak a little bit to this, uh, Yom HaShoah. Mm -hmm. um, we were there. Uh, I was with a small group of us. You mean there in Israel? In Israel. Uh -huh. And on that day, and we uh, were filming at the City of David. We're mm -hmm. up on the platform up there uh, when the sirens went off and everything stops. Uh, then from there, we walked down to the Pool of Salom or Shiloach, and then we went over to the uh, Schindler's Grave. Uh, the righteous Gentiles. Uh, I was able to interview Eris Sison over there. Later on, about two hours after that, went back and interviewed uh, husband and wife Holocaust survivors um, from Auschwitz and then one of the other camps over there. And they're not believers in Yeshua yet. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them, who, whoever are still survivors right now, still alive, they usually are not. Yeah, it's, it's rare. Yeah, but it was very, it was, it was a great interview. We're going to be able to post it here pretty soon. It's been in editing for a while. But it was just great. But you look at it, and one of the things that was very relevant with different people I've talked to, some of the things I've read, is during the Holocaust, you had people work for SS or whoever, they would go to church on Sunday. And then they're coming back and putting Jews into the ovens by Monday, if not Sunday afternoon, after they go to church. Just following orders as good Christians. They thought this was... Uh, and they... Uh, you can't paint with broad strokes, but some of them were just plain evil, and some were mistaken, following orders. Or, uh, but it was it was it was a, a very very odd time of history where a lot of people called themselves Christians and had no problem sending people to their death because they they heard and they believed that these people were just uh, subhuman or vermin and they need to be exterminated. So what do you do with vermin? You just you know you crush it. So yeah, they would go to church on on Sunday and go, uh, I don't know if you've seen that short documentary, short the, the little movie of uh, a, a train that passes by a church in Germany, and it's a little service in a country church, and then the train is filled with Jews in cattle cars, and they're screaming, and they're, they're like, they're in pain, they're, they're thirsty, the, the, the train breaks down, and then um, you hear him, and, and then you realize that inside the church, the people, the, the pastor is preaching, and Pretty soon, he starts asking for the organ to play, and he starts singing. And it's and the, the, the that little movie is called "Sing a Little Louder." And what it is is singing to cover the the, the scream of screaming of the people in the cattle cars, which was the the, the train tracks right in front of the church. And uh, people were just you know ignoring what was in front of their eyes. It's it's I can't do anything about it. I'm so they either uh, uh, participated or became bystanders, looked the other way, and said, I'm not going to do anything about it. It's, it's, it's not my battle. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a, yeah. a very bad times. And, uh, Tom, as you've mentioned, you've alluded to at the beginning of the program, we, we're getting there again. We are, we are rapidly getting there, mm -hmm. which I do believe Satan knows he has a little time. Oh, yeah. And um, this, this is a reminder, everybody, that in, when we look at persecution increasing, you're a believer in, in Christ, and remember the words of Revelation chapter 12, where we are told they overcome, overcame him, that'd be the devil and Antichrist, by the, word of the, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, we do not love our lives unto death. And it's understanding, I believe, that's that persecution is going to increase. But this is how we overcome. Uh, we have the testimony that we have in Jesus Christ the blood of the lamb, we hold on to that, and we know we're going to heaven. Um, so when you, I look at people like Schindler. I see a few people commenting on here. I was able to do an excellent video. In fact, you can check out the video that we did at Schindler's grave if you want to check it out. Uh, but um, with that, the, there were the righteous Gentiles right. who were willing to sacrifice themselves. You know, Schindler, If they had to, yeah. If yeah. they had to. Schindler yeah. was very successful. Uh, after the war, he pretty much died penniless, uh, but he, he, he made some profound statements. And when he came to realize the people that he was helping by just a little bit of money or I could have sold this, it could have been one more thing I could have sold and I could have saved one more life. It's that transition that happened in his mind, understanding that we don't live for today. 
And we are living for the eternal king. We're living for the king of kings. We're living for eternity. We're living for God. And this is what helps to motivate us to do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, yesterday I was, I spent the day, uh, uh, not too far from here, I was uh, participating in a, I was leading a uh, Yom HaShoah service, the day of the catastrophe, which is going to be uh, on Tuesday in Israel. And so that we, uh, we are, uh, I was at the Messina congregation, uh, and uh, after me there was a hundred-year-old uh, survivor of the Holocaust, uh, Auschwitz, uh, who spoke. Wonderful, wonderful time, great memory. Uh, but this was, uh, uh, this, before he came, I, I had a, a message I shared where I shared the story of six heroes of the Holocaust, like Schindler, but unknown, mm -hmm. like Raoul Wallenberg and Corrie ten Boom and Schindler, the big names. But these, these men these, and, and, and couples were unknown, and what they had in common is that they did whatever they could, not counting the cost and not counting how many people they helped. And I list on my on my PowerPoint that some of them facilitated for the for the the the, 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 the safe passage of up to fifty thousand Jews, and uh, I went all the way down to the family of farmers that helped a woman, a little girl, and two cousins. Happened to be that woman happened to be that girl happened to be my mother. She was sixteen years old in the south of France. So these people had no resources. They were street people. They were farmers. They they were simple peasants in the southwest of France. They hid my mother and her two cousins. And I'm talking to you today because they did it. Not counting the cost, not counting should we save more. And you can always save more. And I, I, I see what you say with, with Schindler, but the important part is do whatever you can. It doesn't matter how much you do, do something. Do something. Do something. Yeah. I love that. Do something. Um, Just uh, do it. Okay. Uh, is it taken already? We don't want to yeah. go. We don't want to talk about <laughs> Nike right now or Budweiser yeah. or some of those. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to come back to this in just a second because you have some things to share that are going to be uh, that are powerful and are going to be very um, uh, they're going to be very inspirational and people need to hear these things. But just just do something. And uh, you know, I have a platform. Not everybody has a platform, right? Um, but God's blessed me with one. This is why I'm able to have people like you on. I get to have all kinds of people on. It's one of my favorite things to do is to have people listen to others because there's a lot of other people that have things to share that we all need to hear right now right. that are informative, that will be inspirational. And this, uh, and I'm just coming across this question right now. Uh, Val Halloran. Val, I'll get to your question in just a second. First of all, I got to say this to Pookie. Pookie, I saw the other day that you said I don't have a Wednesday, or 412 Church doesn't have a Wednesday night a Bible study. We do. I taught it for about 10 years. Then I gave it to my assistant pastor. Then we set him up to be a senior pastor. The next assistant came along. He did the Wednesday night midweek, sent him out to be a senior pastor in another church. I believe in growing the church. I believe in church planning. So now we have three other pastors that rotate in to do Wednesday nights, and that frees me up to do Sunday mornings, Pookie, plus all of the other things I do all the rest of the week, and plant churches. And, and kudos to Pookie, because he's everywhere. He is everywhere. He, he moderates my channel, I, he moderates everybody's channel. I, I can see that today he's watched JD, Jack, uh, Brandon, and uh, um, Billy. Yes. He didn't say he watched me. No. But, and know, he hasn't whatever. watched me because, oh, he's watching me right now because I'm with you. Yeah, I actually have Mark Henry fill in for me this morning. <laughs> so Mark always does but a great Pookie, job. But Pookie, you're the best. <laughs> so Val Helleran, uh, do we continue to share information about what's going on with family members that don't want to hear it 
and who have distanced themselves because of it. Uh, I mean, sometimes people just, you, you gotta be careful on that. The truth is out there, right? Yeah. We, we know it is, but you can go to the point where somebody will shut down. And, and uh, But we still, you, you go with the doors that God opens is what I believe. Yeah, here's the thing. With family members, it's, it, it's hurtful because you're close, they know you, you know them, so it's gonna be hurtful, it's gonna be painful. But I've come to a place in my ministry and in my life where when I find out pretty quickly that a person is only interested in being belligerent and, and, and arguing and, and, and divisive, I don't want to waste my time. I'd rather spend a day sitting down with somebody who says, like, show me why I'm wrong, I really want to learn, than spending 10 minutes with somebody saying, like, you're wrong, Israel is, God is done with Israel, because they don't want to change their mind. God can always change their mind. But there are so many people who are eager to learn the truth from the Word of God, and so few of us who actually teach it verse by verse, uh, you know, from the right perspective, understanding the place of Israel, that we have to pick our battles. Yep, we do. Um, and speaking of picking battles, um, I'm gonna pick this battle again with Pookie. Yes, Amy, Pookie is a guy. Somebody asked, it's funny just reading some of these Good stuff. thing I don't see on my screen. Yeah. <laughs> some people are really mean. I'm glad you guys haven't been mean for the last two weeks. It's been really cool. So appreciate that. So, okay. Um, with this, I want to talk about your grandfather because it's do something and what happened, what transpired, because uh, it's real and we can see the persecution increasing mm -hmm. against Christian and against you. I mean, it's hard to... You know, people need to wake up to the world that we live in. It's gone insane. Romans chapter one, professing to be wise, I'll show them to be fools. You could translate that professing to be wise, I'll show them to be insane. Right. That is the world that we have entered into. These people are insane in, in, a, in America, but we're entering there. I mean, you, you go back to Nazi Germany. The Nazis come into France, Paris, France. Your family's there. You are here today because of you know, your your My mom mother was saved, saved by righteous Gentiles. Yeah, yeah, a righteous Gentile. So, but your grandfather yes. uh, was not saved. He was not saved. Uh, you want me to tell that story real if, quick? If you, yeah, if, yeah. If, yeah. Uh, but my my grandfather was hiding in a basement of our home in uh, in uh, on on the east side of Paris, and uh, my mother and uh, my grandfather and his wife my grandmother, and then they had only had one child, my mother, who was about 15 at the time, and uh, they, um, uh, s somehow, the Gestapo came to the door and it knocked on the door and said, we know your husband is in the building and uh, he needs to come with us for questioning, please tell us where he is. My grandmother lied, she said, I don't know where he is, uh, he must have left a few days ago, I have no idea where he's, he is right now, and they told her, uh, if he doesn't show up tomorrow morning when we come back, we'll take you and your daughter. My, my, the whole family is Jewish, but my mother was born in France. Uh, so was uh, my grandmother, but her husband came from Russia. He was born there in 1899, and he moved to France, and he, he was legally in France, but did not have the proper paper. And the, as you get into the Second World War, getting papers for Jews who were legally in France was near impossible, so he, he just couldn't get his papers. So he was hiding in a cellar downstairs uh, uh, in, that, in that building. So she calls him and she says, um, they're, coming, they're coming back for you tomorrow. And he said, that's okay, I'm gonna go hide, I'll let you know where I'm gonna go, and I'll let you know where it's safe. And my grandmother said, well, they said if you're not there tomorrow, not here tomorrow for them when they come, the Gestapo, uh, they will take 
me and Evelyn. Evelyn is my mother. So he said, fine, I'll go. Don't worry, I'll come back. Next morning, he went with them. And uh, within uh, a week, he was uh, in Auschwitz. And he actually, from all the research I've done over the years, it looks like he died within a week. So he died upon arrival in Auschwitz within a day or two, which is a blessing. Because when you know what took place oh, in yeah. Auschwitz, it's, it's, it's a blessing that he died so quickly. Uh, but my mother, as a result, was taken to the south of France uh, with false papers and hidden on a farm by a, fam a family of, of, of Catholics who uh, pretended that she, uh, she was a Catholic girl and she played the games to, so the villagers would know where she was. And uh, she was saved through the war and came back to the house, same house, and uh, lived there until she was 87. And, um, you know, she passed away a few years ago. But if it was not for these people who decided to hide her, they did a little something. They didn't know what they were doing. They just said, come on over, we'll feed you. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a bed, we'll give you a roof. They didn't know if it was going to be for a day. Who knew when the war was going to end? They didn't know when the, mm -hmm. was, the war was going to end. Maybe next week, what took two and a half years. They just didn't, they were not counting. They were just doing the right thing. Doing what's right. Doing what's right. And you know what's amazing is, in, in my message I did yesterday, I, I show all these heroes of the Holocaust who helped Jews. They were all doing what was right, not counting the cost, risking their lives, uh, but the vast majority of them were not even Christians. And here we are, mm. able to do everything that they were doing, but on top of that, we know about the power of God, the promises of God, the provision of God. So we should be even more encouraged, more, uh, more in have a better incentive to help our Jewish friends. Uh, amen. I absolutely believe, in fact, one of the other questions that you posed to us, which I'm going to get to next, but I, I do want Barbara to know, um, a couple of people here, Barbara Frederick is asking, she says, please don't make fun of me, but I don't understand why everyone hates Israel, the people and also the nation. It's a tiny little nation. I haven't anyone uh, who can explain this to me, and I want to understand this. Barbara, we're going to get to there in just a second, so don't go away, because I think this is what, this is why, so what pastors don't get is what Barbara's saying, what, basically, what's wrong with why can't somebody explain it? We're going to explain it. Because, Barbara, pastors don't get this. Um, some do. Some do. Well, well, you well, do. Well, some do. But, I mean, the majority don't. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. In, in, uh, it's Steve, critical. Steve Short says this, I want to go home so bad, but at the same time, I pray for all the loss that they will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be saved. Steve, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. That is what we need to be doing because, listen, I think we're all saying we can see everything closing in. Everything Conver is converging. so weird. Yeah. We can tell they want to come after the, the church. They want, to, they, they want to come after. We know the FBI has been spying on churches. No doubt churches have stayed open and churches that are saying we're going to preach righteousness, which is what these, the people were doing, the, the Gentiles. It was righteousness they stood on, which we must stand on. We and We to. cannot love our lives to death. So absolutely, Steve, that is the heart that we all need to have. It's, it's all coming together. It is. Okay, Barbara, we'll get to your question in a minute. But I want to get, because it's a big deal, and we got to answer that. It's just a great question. Um, why should, and this goes to what you're saying, or what should, excuse me, from your book, and this is the, Olivier's book, The Normalization of Anti-Semitism. Uh, here's the question. What should Christians do differently today to bridge the gap between the Jewish community and the Christian community? Okay. Uh, what happened uh, 80 years ago is that... Uh, Many Christians were unaware, 
Some were aware, but decided to look the other way. Very little was done because too many Christians and non-Christians were what I call bystanders. They just didn't do anything. And I've said this many times on your show many times, a bystander who does nothing only facilitates the work of a perpetrator. So if you don't do anything because you don't want to get involved, you, 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 you pave the way for those who want to do harm. And, and that's why uh, what Christians can do today different is the first thing they need to do is they need to educate themselves on, on, what, on the history of the Jewish people. And I've got several books. I'm not the only resource, but since we're here, I've got several books I've written on that topic. Uh, uh, and uh, educate themselves on, on the, the history of the Jewish people because the history of the Jewish people can actually be punctuated by acts of anti-Semitism throughout the last 2,000 years. And, and it's, it's very scary. But all going back to, uh, really, I, I think right now would be a good time to answer Barbara's question. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let me readdress, re-bring okay, sure, up for, sure. for everybody gets on the same page. So please don't make fun of me, but I don't understand why everyone hates Israel, the people and also the nation. It's a tiny little nation. I haven't anyone uh, who, can exp who has explained this to me and I want to understand this. Great question, Barbara. Ba Barbara, uh, I wish more people would ask that question. This is, there's nothing to, to, to make fun of. Uh, thank you for, for being brave enough to ask it live. Um, it's very simple, actually. When I give the definition of anti-Semitism, it's, it's like this. Anti-Semitism, that, that's my definition. It's pretty close to a lot of others, but that's mine. Anti-Semitism is the irrational and satanic and remember that word, irrational and satanic hatred of the Jewish people in Israel, characterized by acts, uh, characterized by, by thoughts, words, and deeds against them. The irrational and satanic hatred of the Jewish people in Israel, characterized by acts, by um, uh, 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 thoughts, words, and deeds. So, satanic. That's the key. A lot, I've, I have a lot, a lot of books on anti-Semitism and on the Holocaust. Many great scholars, what they miss, all of them, is the satanic connection. They see, you know, like, mankind is doing this, and, and there's, there's evil in the world, and, but they miss the fact that Satan is behind anti-Semitism. The reason why the whole world is going against the Jews is because Satan, since the very beginning of the existence of the Jewish people, it, Satan knows the Bible very well. He understands that the Jewish people are the chosen people of God, the apple of God's eye, and that God has a plan for Israel. It doesn't mean salvation. They still have to understand who Jesus is. But God has a plan using Israel through, through his master plan for mankind, which is going to resume during the tribulation, focusing on Israel again. So Satan knows that when at the end of the seven-year tribulation, when Israel calls upon Yeshua, according to Je Zechariah 12.10, and looks up and says, Baruch haba Bashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeshua said to himself, surely you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, Barbara, the reason is that the, Satan knows that when the Jews who survived the tribulation call upon Jesus, Yeshua, that's the second coming. The second coming is triggered by Israel corporately calling on Jesus. And what happens at that time is that Satan is out of a job. And he, has, he can't get used to where he's going to go for his retirement because he's going to the lake of fire. So he wants to postpone that. So he's put the Jews against Jesus and he's put the church against the Jews to split them 
as far as east is from west, so that the Jewish people will do nothing with Jesus, will never call on him, will not believe. This is why when you're Jewish, you're told, you don't even know why, Jesus is not for the Jews. I didn't know why when I was a kid, anything but Jesus. I mean, I read the Bible, I changed my mind. I became a believer in Jesus. But this is why, once you understand that Satan wants the Jews to reject Jesus so they won't call on him, so he will not lose his job, so he will not go into the lake of fire, according to the end of Revelation. That, that is, is that simple? It is, it is that simple. It's a spiritual battle. And Satan is so full of pride yeah. that uh, he actually thinks there's a possibility he can win. Did he read Jeremiah 31, 35-37? Yes, and, and, and you know what's interesting about that, because it talks about all the ordinances of all the heavens, and you find this passage in Daniel. When you look at Antichrist, he's going to attempt to ch change the times and seasons. Yeah. And I look at that with Jeremiah and think, I've got to do a, I, I need to do a deep dive into that and see if there's a correlation between those yes. two. Because why else would Antichrist do that unless, except he's challenged by God, in Jeremiah chapter 31, which I think would be a fascinating study. Um, I might beat you to it. Uh, i tell you what. <laughs> maybe we do it together. Maybe you can do it on the plane when you go home this week. There you go. <laughs> Let's start working on it. That's a good one. Um, but I, it is a spiritual battle. Satan is so full of pride. Yeah. The armies are going to be gathered together at, the, at Jezreel Valley, Megiddo, with an attempt to stop Jesus when he comes back on his horse and us. It's not going to work, but 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 he is so blinded, even by his own pride. Yeah. He thought he defeated Jesus when he had him betrayed by Judas and put on the cross. Didn't ah, work. Uh, Sunday came, Sunday and Jesus came. rose from the grave. Right. He's going to do everything he can to keep him coming back. So that is, and he's coming back, as you said, to the Jewish people. So this is why there's this attack on the nation of Israel. He's coming back to Israel, as Olivier said, coming back to the Jewish people as as. Olivia said he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem, and this is why it's a satanic attack. We have, he's working through his minions on this planet right now. By the way, I want to correct you on something. Oh, go, go you, said, you said, as Olivia said, as the Bible said. Uh, I'm so <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible out loud, okay? This as is the not, Bible teaches, this is not my agenda. <laughs> no, I'm, yes, I am so I'm just, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm so sorry. See if I ever invite you back. Um, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Laura Weiss. I mean, we have a few more. I have a few more things to get. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Um, not until I, we're done. That's right. <laughs> Laura says, Shalom, I'm Messianic Jew. In Michigan, any advice on how to present Yeshua to other Jews? Well, uh, how much time do we have? I mean, uh, Laura, I would recommend, uh, in, in, not, not to advertise my channel, but we have so much time here. I have a lot of tools on my YouTube channel. Uh, that you, she can watch videos, and can, she can also reach, reach me on my YouTube channel, and I can have a personal conversation with her at a later time. Because uh, there's a, a, a lot of ways to, to reach out Jewish people. Uh, I mean, as a Messianic Jew, it's actually sometimes a little tricky, uh, because what most people don't know is that, and this, this, this is to be an encouragement to Gentiles, most Jews, and I'm, when I say most, I say probably 90% of Jewish people who believe today in Jesus, have been led to their Messiah by Gentile Christians, 90%. And what happens is that Gentile Christians have, uh, they, they're not a threat to Jewish people because they're supposed to believe in Jesus. So when they talk about their life, their relationship with Jesus, it's supposed to happen that way. When they say to a Jewish person, you know, I believe in your Messiah, I have a personal relationship with your Messiah, that's a little you know, challenging and you know, Jewish people like to discuss things, so they might get into a conversation. But the Messianic Jew usually gets 
to close the deal. When a, when a Jewish person is like, okay, I've talked to my Christian friend and they said a lot of things that I agree, but are there other Jews believing like that? And that's when you can say, I have a Messianic Jewish friend of mine I would like you to talk to. Then the Gentiles have paved the way, and then the Messianic Jew usually closes the deal and say, I believe in it, I've been a believer for 10, 20, 30 years. And, but it doesn't mean that a Messianic Jew like yourself cannot share a, a good place to go if that Jewish person is a, a believer that the Bible is the Word of God, is to, of course, the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament, and go prophecy by prophecy, uh, looking at all the Messianic prophecies that that, that paint a picture of the Redeemer, uh, which, is, which has only been fulfilled in one person, Yeshua of Nazareth. I think that's a good place to start. Amen. And I want to encourage you all on this too. You can go to Olivier's uh, YouTube channel um, and you can like it, share it, appreciate it if you do that with this. By the way, for those of you on the app, you can share this uh, from the app. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, you can also share it from YouTube. And for, for anybody on YouTube, uh, we film live on Monday and Tuesday on the app and then a post Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube. Just wanted to give you a heads up there because sometimes we have to edit some things like this question. Can we expect the Myrna vaccine and all beef and pork products in the grocery stores this month? I can't talk about that one tonight because this is live on the app and on YouTube. But um, uh, so not going to get into that right now. Um, I do want to just address this real quick, a few other things. So go in, in what, the name of your YouTube channel again, Olivia. It's just, right. if they type a, at, you know, the little at, at Olivia Melnick, they'll, they'll, they'll it's, it's, it says, it's Olivia yeah. Melnick today through Jewish eyes. And it's, it's in the uh, YouTube description too, so you can see it there, but click on it. Uh, There's a lot sub of material Subscribe there. On to the, his, On the feast, on, on a lot of stuff. Absolutely great material uh, on his website. And by the way, I do want you to know, I've never made a single penny on anybody's book that I've ever promoted on here, ever. Not a single penny. I have never read a single penny on this book either. <laughs> <laughs> on your own book. Maybe it will change today. No, I mean, I don't, I don't bring, listen, I don't bring no. people in to make money on, on their things. I want their material to go out there, uh, get people get it. And that is to true. Me, I, that, I, and that's why I do this. I mean, I don't, yeah. it's not like I'm sitting there making a buck on every book you guys buy. I'm not, even, I'm not, not a penny. I don't really care. That's not why we do this. And, and for me, I just want people to have this information. They, I, I, you know, I need to uh, allow me, it, it's, it, maybe it's out of order here, but in the 10 stages that I see in the normalization of anti-Semitism, okay, it, let me read them real quick. Apathy, lack of education, low or incorrect reporting, desensitization, lack of accountability, empowerment, demonization of the defenders, persecution of the Jews and the defenders, encouragement to kill the Jews, mass murder of the Jews. Today, I can prove in this little book that we've done, we, we, nine of them are in place, except for the last one, mass murder of Jews. The first nine, they're in place. Today. Yeah, number 10 will come. That's disturbing that the first nine are in place. And I'm telling you, Olivier, the enemy wants to get the Christian out of here. This is two, um, which I do want to talk about the rapture in a second. But we also see when you come to the fifth seal, Revelation chapter six, we have those who are martyred, uh, the souls under the altar, those who are martyred for their faith. I believe one of the first things Antichrist is going to do is go after every single believer in Jesus as soon as possible after the rapture. Because there's going to be a lot of people that come to faith after the rapture. I want to be clear on that. Rapture yes. takes place, we're all going up. After that happens, people are going to wake up. And, and Christine Sperry, you said, I have shared so many times what is coming with my best friend 
and he says that I've ruined our friendship. It has ruined our friendship. I want to go home. I hate it here. My heart is heavy. Don't lose hope, Christine. Listen, people we share with now, they might not want to talk to us anymore. The people we love the most we share with. But after the rapture, people are going to wake up. They're going to be shocked. And I believe those are going to be the fifth seal martyrs. They're going to come to faith in Christ because the enemy knows he, he needs to get rid of them because he is going to target the Jews specifically Absolutely. in that second half of the tribulation. Absolutely. And, you know, for the last, the last person who's discouraged because you know, losing friends and uh, uh, you never know when you share, when you talk to people, they look that they're upset at you. They look like they're, they're, they're really angry. They want to walk away. You never know what impression you've made and how much they retain and, and how much of a decision they can make for the Lord, even when you don't know. I'll give you a quick one-minute example. I've been sharing my sister, uh, my Jewish sister, for, 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 for years now. Last year, she came, she came to spend a month with us uh, in, in Texas, and we're talking about the Lord. She's asking me all kinds of questions, and she's going like, yeah, this makes sense. I don't know, and she's making fun of me, and, and you know, but, but she's listening, and I'm going like, okay, we'll see you know, what happens. I get a phone call from her from France, back in France where she lives, where I used, I used to live, and she's at the hairdresser, and she's not a believer. She, had, she just, just listened to my stories, and she's at the hairdresser on FaceTime, and she goes, the lady is doing her hair behind her. She goes, I was just telling Sandy about the rapture and the tribulation. Could you explain it again? I'm going, what? She's oh, not a believer. Good. So you never know when you share with people, they look upset, they don't agree with you, Keep sharing, be encouraged, be bold. We live in that time that we, we, we have no other choice. Uh, that's great. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and we share and we share. And speaking of, Donna O'Connor says, has Mr. Melnick given his testimony? Would love to hear. You have given your testimony many times. You've shared different parts of it. You and I are going to be recording your testimony. Not tonight, but no. we're going to be. Right. Um, and which reminds me, we're going to be in uh, the Dallas area. Um, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's going to be a great conference. Oh, uh, yes. Dr. Andy Woods, uh, Alex Newman, um, who is everybody? Bill Koenig. Bill Koenig. Uh, 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 John Haller. John Haller. Uh, uh, I'm missing somebody. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Hughes. Tom Hughes, and um, Olivia Bill, Melnick. Bill Federer, Olivier Melnick. Bill Federer, no, I didn't Bill know. Bill Federer, I didn't tell you that one. Bill Federer is going to be there. Uh, that's August 25 and 26. We'll have the event posted within a week and a half. Before my Israel trip, we'll have that posted. 25, 26 of? August. Thank you. Of this year. And then July, I have some people ask me about San Marcos area of San Diego. That's July 21 and 22. We'll probably post those two events the same day. Um, and there, there will be registration, so there's limited seats in, at both places. Um, okay, Let, let's, let's keep moving. We've got some great questions on here. But uh, where can we order Olivier's book? Uh, they can go to my, uh, my uh, they can find it on my YouTube channel in all the descriptions. There's links to every book. They're all on Amazon. You can, the easiest way is to get them on Amazon probably. And uh, Again, people are asking your, your website again. Uh, well, uh, my website is newantisemitism.com. I put all my articles and my blogs and my videos there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my website is newantisemitism.com, and the YouTube channel is Today Through Jewish Eyes. If you type my name, which will be in the description of your, uh, of your video, they will find me on YouTube. Great. Uh, this is from Valerie Miglior. I don't know if I pronounced your name right. I hope I did, Valerie. 
Uh, does Olivier believe that persecution anti-Semitism in the U.S. will increase in the near future? Um, next seven years here, so much that we'll have uh, the Jewish people have to flee to Israel. I'm not sure where the seven years comes from, but in the near future, the Jews uh, flee to Israel. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I don't believe it's going to increase. I know that it continues to increase every single day. I, I, I could not um, download the video fast enough for the, for the program uh, today, but I just got recently a video, and I wrote an article on it on my blog at newantisemitism.com, and the video is there, uh, where uh, the, this man, uh, um, uh, I forgot his name, but he's the leader of the, uh, the Goyim Defense League, which is a very anti-Semitic group. That was, he was uh, with a bullhorn talking to Jewish people on the streets of Florida, and he's talking to a Jewish man who crosses the street, and, and he's, looking, he's going like, do we need to send you back to the ovens? Like a, a reference to Auschwitz. And then talking to another Jewish man in a car, insulting him, saying, go back to Israel when you kill Palestinians. And on the streets of Florida, and nobody's doing anything. That's yeah. part of the normalization. People are watching, walking away, crossing the street. And, and we're seeing Jewish people. Uh, I believe that we are what I called end times anti-Semitism. There's one more level of anti-Semitism, and then that's it. We are in end times anti-Semitism right now. The next level is what I call tribulation anti-Semitism. When two-thirds of the Jews will die, according to Zechariah 13, 8 and 9, and one-third will survive. That one-third, at the end of tribulation, calls on Yeshua. Yeshua returns. And that's the establishment of, that's the end of Satan's career and pretty much the establishment of the millennial kingdom. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, got another question for you, and this all, all applies to everything you're saying. Um, is uh, Brooks Lyman says, Do you think most churches are still trapped by the old covenant rather than following the new covenant? I'm not sure exactly what they mean by that. Uh, maybe like Seventh-day Adventists were... Uh, well, first or, of all, uh, any, I think that any church that feels that they're trapped in the Old Covenant are not understanding the Bible. We're not trapped by the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant, the, the, the Jewish scriptures, lay the foundation for, for identifying the Messiah. Without the Old Testament, without the Jewish scripture, you would not be able to identify mm -hmm. that he... To, 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 when, when Jesus came, nobody would know, is he the one? But when you look, in the, when you look back, you see that you know, it says in Isaiah 7, 14, he would, he, you know, he'd be born of a virgin. Isaiah 7, 53, he would be crucified and, and rise again. Uh, he would be born in Bethlehem in, Isaiah, in uh, Micah 5, 2, from the tribe of Judah in, in Genesis 49, 10, a prophet like Moses from Deuteronomy 18, and on and on and on. So if, if we are not looking uh, at the Old Testament, we cannot understand the New. I certainly do not want to unhitch from the Old Testament. I'm just going to say that. Well, that's, I'm not um, going to mention any names. So I did. I did a whole video just the other day. Posted on Thursday. Uh, some people are not too happy about that, but I did talk with, I, I brought up some facts that Andy Stanley had mentioned. Uh, unhitching from the Old Testament, might as well unhitch from several things in the New Testament, which many are, which is, which this also leads this is really also a question from your book that's very similar to that. What do you think is the number one reason the lack of Christian support of Israel is because of everything that you just said? They don't understand the, the Bible. They, 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 Christians today uh, read the Bible. A lot of Christians say that we're a New Testament church. That doesn't mean anything. A New Testament church. I, I want to be a Bible Christian. I want to be a, a Bible believer. If you don't look at Genesis through Revelation, 
you're not reading the book properly. And when you read the book, if you don't see that it's, it's focusing on Israel, including the Gentiles, onto salvation, there's no question about it. But it's focusing on Israel in God's program for mankind, then you're not understanding the book. And that the problem is that there is jealousy in the church. A lot of Christians, they see like, we don't want to be left second-class citizens. Listen, you know, when you read in the Bible about there's, there's no more Jews, no more Gentiles, no more Greek, no more male, no more female, no more slave, no more, no more uh, free men. And people say, well, you know, we're all the same. And I say, no, this is the way God looks at us. Jews, Gentiles, male, female, all of us need salvation. This is about justification. I'm still a Jew and, and, and my brother Tom is still a Gentile together in the body of Messiah. But if, as far as justification is concerned, we're all sinners. We all need Jesus the same way. But we need to understand that even though the Jews are not saved by virtue of being Jewish, like Nicodemus thought he was, but he was wrong, uh, the Jews are part of God's program. And if you don't understand the place of the Jewish people, and, and, and if you don't bless the Jews, and if you don't understand the place of Israel in God's program, you're not under, you will not properly understand the Bible. And that's the, the problem that most churches have today. They, they, they read too little or too much into it. They replace the Jews or by, with the church or they just ignore the Jews. Or, and, and we end up ju just teaching the wrong lessons. And, and then when anti-Semitism anti takes place, it's not a big deal because the Jews are not that important to God anywhere. So, you know, it's, it's, people are not reading their Bible. Yeah, they don't read their Bible. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here for just a second because uh, I want to deal with persecution in, against the church and the increase that is happening there. But um, I keep telling y'all, I'm going to tell you what the top 20 cities are and the top 10 countries are that are watching. I'm not going to deal with the top 20 cities are right now, but top 20, top 10 countries I will. Uh, United States, Canada, this is in order, Australia, UK, South Africa, Philippines, New Zealand, Netherlands, India, Singapore, and uh, there's, it's so cool to see people watching literally from all over That's the world. Awesome. And uh, we, we have a conference coming up in Australia, and then we have one that looks like we're going to be in New Zealand coming up, uh, first part of 2024. So just taking the hope of the gospel till Jesus comes. Amen. Uh, and it's needed. Okay, persecution of the church is increasing. Uh, I think Christians need to wake up and realize what is happening. We really need to get our heads screwed on straight and strong in the Lord and understand again that passage from Revelation chapter 12. We overcome the devil uh, by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. We do not love our lives unto death. Folks, we need to understand what is coming and it's coming fast. If we're not raptured anytime soon, we have May is coming up with the threat of the World Health Organization and uh, getting, uh, surrendering the sovereignty of the U.S. to the World Health Organization and their czar. We have a Fed now coming up, and now we have this global digital currency that the IMF is saying, hey, uh, we're ready to do this. I don't think they're quite ready, uh, but they say they are, so we can see the technology. We can watch the narrative that is closing in on the Christian. Um, there's, there's, it's developing against those who believe in the Bible, your label is a terrorist. Understand, we have to, we are the problem. For this reason, this is a um, satanic battle. The devil wants to eliminate the Jew because he doesn't like his retirement plan. He wants to stop Jesus from coming back. Jesus promised he'd come back to the Jewish people, to a Jewish Israel. 
the devil says, I'm going to stop that. You, as a believer in Christ, are in the way. So the attacks are going to increase. The whole transgenderism, listen, this is about taking everything that's good, calling it evil, and evil calling it good. Everything God blesses. Romans 1. Yeah, the, the devil is flipping. Every single thing. Hence, we'll be forbidden to marry, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, commanding that we don't eat food that God has determined that he has blessed us to eat. Hence, this is why we, they talk about bugs. And we're going to eat bugs, and we're not going to have cows anymore. And it's, it's, The whole thing is a lie. It is spiritual. Now, and I've shared this with you before. I had a couple of my guests from Australia on here. Um, and, uh, in fact, uh, John Prescott's going to be on here coming up real soon again. And there was a shooting that took place in Australia back in December. Uh, the people that were involved in the shooting, they were killed. They were labeled like... Um, kind of like David Koresh, you're just a bunch of crazy people started a cult. Okay, turns out what happened was, and I can't give you all of the details, I swore to not say anything for some of the things, um, pretty unbelievable, but things, certain things were being exposed. Uh, I'll leave that at that. But what happened was, Olivia, I don't know if you're aware of this, after the shooting took place, they killed these cult leaders. Um, what they labeled them as were uh, People believe in the second coming of Christ, the rapture, yeah, the whole thing. Premillennial, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period. Jesus is going to return. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. This, and they're saying this cult is growing worldwide exponentially. So the narrative has, it's going that way. We watch what happened to the Christian school here with the shooting. Transgender person, what happens? It's the fault of the Christian school. Those school children are so bad. The leaders are so bad. Um, it's because the Christians stand on righteousness. Believers, genuine believers stand on righteousness. Uh, we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, that God created a male and female. Therefore, we're the haters, and we deserve to be taken out. Folks, it's coming. It's coming way faster than most people are willing to admit. And I'm convinced by the end of this year, uh, this thing's going to be just going full steam ahead. But it is increasing. You know, I, I've been invited as well to speak in Australia by the end of this year. And I'm starting to question because I, I told you earlier, I fear the bugs in Australia. But they want me to come and teach on eschatology. Maybe I should be fearing my, what I'm going to teach on more than the bugs. I, 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 you know what? You look, you go, you're going to be teaching on eschatology. Well, we're going there too. I have no you fear. Know, no, I know. And you look at it and go, I just think we really need to, as Americans... As people in the Western world, that'd be Australia, Canada, I mean, Canada's really going through. I get tons of emails from people from Canada, uh, New Zealand, uh, Europe. You watch the Western world. Mm -hmm. What is happening to Christians? It looks like, hey, we are not far away from being an underground church. That's right. And if we are not raptured soon, and you know what? Listen, I hope we're raptured quickly. However, what if we're here for five more years or, or longer? Then... Uh you look at this thing, be prepared, folks. My concern, Tom, is, I was talking about, uh, about that in another show uh, not too long ago. My concern is that I believe that it's not too long before we become an underground church. But the problem with America is American Christians, the vast majority of American Christians have not been to boot camp, boot camp Christianity. We have yeah. only known cocooned Christianity, protected Christianity. We don't know what persecution is all about. A lot yeah. of Christians in America are probably going to just fall off and just say, like, I, I can't do it. 
Well, I think of the book of Judges. Um, there rose up a generation that did not know war. Right. So they couldn't fight. What's, and not only that, been protected, you have that element, but you also have the other element of, I would call it fake Christianity, that has been birthed here. In, well, I wouldn't say birthed, it's been around since the beginning, but it, it is, uh, it, it's unhitches from the Old Testament, refuses to teach Bible prophecy, won't talk about sin, won't talk about judgment, much more worried about how everything looks, much more worried about the people in the pews, how much money is coming in, instead of getting the message out there. Right. And because of that, you have people that are involved in churches. They don't, they don't get any of this. And so persecution, they're gonna think, well, of course, those people are nuts that believe Jesus is coming back. That will be people in churches pointing out other people that are, that, well, those, those people are the crazy people. Yeah. Um, I've read that um, there's a study done throughout history for uh, going back looking at history. It's just mm -hmm. released recently. Mm -hmm. And it's true with pretty much every culture since the beginning up until right now. 80% of the people will obey their orders just because they were told to even if they know it's wrong. And so when you look at what's happening in culture now, I think of Romans chapter one, uh, um, God says, I will judge them who practice those things, but also those who approve of them. We live in a culture that's approving of every wicked thing. But when you start looking at persecution against the Christian and persecution against the Jew, you, Nazi Germany, that's exactly what happened. 80% just went along with it, even if they knew it was wrong, to turn in their neighbors, right. they did it anyway. Can you think of anything that happened in the last couple, couple, two, three years that a lot, a lot of people followed blindly, even though they realized pretty quickly it was wrong? Don't mention it. I'm, I yeah. know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. In fact, I'll mention a little bit about it. See if we get in trouble. But yeah, how many people just? How many people are still going around wearing a mask? You know, you're looking, going. People have been so conditioned to just go along with this. It's like, Olivia, it's, it's almost like a, a, a switch being flipped. It's like people have been brainwashed mm -hmm. to a point where when the next thing, whatever that next thing is, it could be digital currency, could be the next pandemic. I believe it's probably coming in the not too distant future. The switch is gonna be flipped and all of a sudden, you, so many people have already crossed the Rubicon and the It line. would have to be before the election probably. Of a very good, I'd say a very good chance. Yeah. But it's coming. And, but we as believers need to be very well prepared in mind in, uh, and in spirit. We, we, need to be under, we need to be focused on the word, laser focused more than you ever have before. Yeah, it was said once a few years ago in an article, and I, I, it's one of, the, one of the articles I read that really uh, got me started on this, this, this path of teaching against anti-Semitism, that the Jews are the, 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 the canaries in a coal mine of civilization. And you know, for the, for the audience, you know, back in the days when there was coal mining, uh, people would bring a little canary, a little bird in a cage, and put it down uh, in the middle of the workers, and if there was a gas leak somewhere, within minutes, if not seconds, the little bird, I'm sorry about you know, people who love animals, I, do, I, I love animals too, the little bird would die because of the gas leak. And that was the sign that if that bird is dead, we're next. So they would all exit the, 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 the coal mine very quickly because it could be an explosion 
and everything, they could all die. So the Jews are the canaries in a coal mine of civilization. Watch what's happening with the Jewish people. Christians are next. And you know, it, you, you know that quote by Martin Niemöller? Oh, yeah. uh, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out before I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Uh, recently, there was an article that uh, appeared in uh, several different places, information. An FBI whistleblower mm -hmm. said um, what's happening with an FBI, they found a way to go after the Christian through the Latin Mass, the Catholic Latin Mass. But those people are a little bit more radical. they got to have the Latin Mass in the Catholic Church. And this is my warning to everybody watching this, because a lot of people on here are saying, hey, if you're Catholic, you're an evil person. But it's understanding that same principle that, listen, I didn't speak up for the Catholics because I wasn't Catholic. This is the foot in the door, is what's happening. It is happening, whether it be the event that happened in Australia, or the transgenderism movement here in America against the Christian school, or what's this Latin mass, well, they're Catholic. It's, it's the Martin Niemöller. It's mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. thought process. Right. I didn't yeah. say anything. I didn't say anything. It's not, not my battle, not, not my people. Not my battle, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, but the, the window is closing. Yeah. Um, so listen, we're out of time. We, we actually went an hour. I, I never watch time when I'm with you because we always, you know, it goes fast. So we, we want a full hour. I have to come back. I'd love to have you back. <laughs> you have to fly all the way out here though. Yeah. <laughs> so August 25 and 26 in Texas, uh, in Rockwall, Texas, just yeah. outside of Dallas. Yeah. That information will be posted. It is, you do have to register for that. Also the one if you're gonna be a San Diego in San Marcos, California this year. We're not gonna be at Huntington Beach this year. Uh, maybe in 2024 we'll be back to Huntington Beach. Um, but uh, we're gonna be up in Santa Barbara also hopefully in 2024. Uh, and then, but this year, this summer, it's gonna be San Marcos, California in California and then Dallas area. Uh -huh. So looking very forward to that. I am too. Thank so. you so much. Oh, by the way, Brandon and Billy will, uh, will be joining me at the one in San Diego. Uh, Don Perkins will be joining me in San Diego. Great. A couple of other people I'm still going to let you all know about. It's exciting. So we've got some great, great things coming up. So people can uh, find Yes. Uh, Please go to uh, Olivier's website, anti newantisemitism.com, or just Google Olivier Melnick. And right, uh, Amazon. Amazon, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, make sure you get the book. Also, subscribe to his, his uh, YouTube channel and, um, and share it with, share it with uh, friends. Share this too. I'd be greatly appreciated. God bless you all. Thank you. Closing words. Uh, well, I just want to say shalom to you all and uh, continue to pray for my Jewish people to find their Messiah. And if you have questions to ask me after this program, you can find me on my YouTube channel. You can email me the questions. I'd love to talk to you. Shalom. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.